Good morning. So good to be with you guys. Uh, man, crazy morning. I need to like collect my, my thoughts real quick. How about we all do that? Everybody take a, a big deep breath in and exhale. Oh, that feels good. Well, so good to be with you guys this morning. For those who are new with us, uh, so good for you guys to be joining us. For those watching online, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, for those visiting, we have a QR code up on the screen. You can see our weekly bulletin through this. You can sign up for things through this. You can give through this. Um, and this is the way that you can stay connected with what is happening here at Press. I want to highlight uh, two things real quick. The first is this afternoon, uh, Coliseum X Youth Event. This afternoon, uh, child, uh, child, kids, youth, drop-off at 3 p.m. So if you're dropping off your kids, 3 p.m. drop-off. Um, we will get started no later than 3.30, and I'll give you more details there. But uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm going to be there. Our youth leaders are going to be there. We're going to have fun just, you know, dominating, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to come, I'm going to, I'm going to just go hard. It's going to be good. I'm probably going to come back injured next week, but I'll, I'll be like in crutches or something. But anyways, uh, the other thing is this Tuesday is f first and third. It's the first Tuesday of the month, first and third mega group, 7 p.m. here Tuesday. Uh, our last two is in March. This is a great time. It doesn't matter if you've never come before. This is a great time to come together. Uh, work through questions together. We, we break up into tables. Uh, it's a great time of discussion, great time of just fellowship, getting to meet people. Uh, you should be there. So make sure to come this Tuesday, 7 p.m. at Press Church. All right. Therefore, Press. This is our last week. We're closing out the series, uh, and we've got a big topic today. The last topic of our mission statement is to pursue Christ. So we're going to dig into pursuing God today and so I'm going to go ahead and intro the video. If you are newer with us, every week we have our teaching team hop in the car and we talk about the message for the day. So let's check out the video. Pursue. 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 Last week is a big week. It's like... <laughs> It's like well, it wraps everything lot, up, a lot ties everything on. together. But yeah, we almost went backwards. Yeah. It's Except like, it's like untying everything. But, oh, right. That's true. <laughs> it's like it's like it's this, almost like you're, you're yeah. It's a jack in the box or something. Well, the thing it's, is, the it just feels big. Yeah. It, it feels like such a big right. Like to talk about pursuing God, it's like where do you begin and where do you end? Because anywhere you go, yeah. it feels either overly simplistic or just overly like. Mind-blowing, like heavy abstract. It, yes, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of <laughs> all the above. And, yeah, right? yes. and it, maybe it should be. Um, yeah, and I think when we try to oversimplify it is when when we get into trouble, yes. right? Because we are serving a sovereign God. Right. This is big. This is massive. It's more than our minds can comprehend. Right. And if we're not approaching it that way. If we think that it can all be done in little bite-sized chunkets and just yeah. like, oh, well, here's my God package, and I right. serve God like this, and this yeah. is the way it is, and yeah. this is how I understand God, bada right. bada bing. Right. Uh, I, think it, yeah. I think maybe we need to go back to Scripture because yeah. Yeah. this is a big deal. You might be missing the mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But going to this extreme and being, like, worried about having everything right, right. too, is like, yeah, you... What does that look like? So in a lot of ways, pursuing him 
is acknowledging that we're not him, mm. that we are not God. We, we've yeah. talked about this before. We make ourselves mini gods, mini mm-hmm. G gods. Yeah. We think that we have to have all the right answers and we have to be right because of why. Mm. Why is it that we think we have to we have to be so right about everything? So complete. So complete, yeah. right? It is not ours to be that. It's our submission to God, and He makes us complete. Yeah. But then I'm not in control. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know what's funny is, like, the more I talk about this kind of stuff, it's like, words come out of my mouth, and <laughs> I can say some things... But, you know, I struggle with embracing that personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a struggle for me to, a lot of times, the the words that I say and the things that I'm uh, I'm talking about with God, Mm -hmm. because I'm wrestling with it all the time. Exactly. I I always feel like a failure. And in in reality, I am. Yeah. Uh, I miss the mark. Yes. Um, But it's, what is that voice? What is that voice of failure and that kind of well that's evil right well and I think this gets back you know kind of bringing back to our why you know embracing our identity in Christ you can't embrace your identity in Christ if you don't pursue him Mm -hmm. and so how do you know that those failures aren't a defining piece of your identity or that those things aren't a defining piece of our identity because I have pursued Christ I have pursued God and I've found that that isn't my identity yes and it's only by me pursuing him that I can find that identity piece. Yeah. And I think there's freedom in that. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of work and it's a struggle. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a wrestling match. Okay. okay. For me it's it's less about missing the mark and more about feeling as though I'm an imposter. Mm. Like people think mm. I'm this, but deep down because I know my own heart, I'm like, I'm not nearly where I think I should be. Right. Mm. And I just I feel like an imposter at yeah, time, yeah. you know. And that's that's where I I, I want to pursue God and I'm, I'm trying, but it's almost like the more I pursue him, the more I realize how much I'm not like him and the more of an imposter I feel, which. I, yeah. I, yes. And, and it does. You're right, Sean. It goes back to what is my identity in Christ? Mm. I know what it should be mm. like as, as an outward expression and I know what it actually is and then embracing it for real. Mm. Man, that, that is, that's hard. Mm-hmm. That, that's that takes having some people around you yeah. that are reinforcing it right. and helping you. And you mean like community? Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, maybe so. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And that's why all this it's, it is it holistic. It, it, all, right. it all works. Yeah. Yeah. His his goal in our pursuing him is not necessarily that we have an easier life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though that's what I'd like it to be. <laughs> <laughs> of right. course. Of and course. That, you know, that's where it just gets messy and muddled. And it's like any relationship, you know, saying that I'm pursuing this relationship out of purely altruistic, selfless motives. I mean, that that's a load of crap. Yeah. I always have internal right. selfish motives. Right, right. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so now what are we going to do as, as followers of Jesus? Following implies pursuing, right? Yeah. If I'm following Jesus, it, is it impacting the way I live? Because if it's not, maybe I'm not actually following Jesus. Mm. Ouch. So it was funny while we were filming this week. Uh, it, it was funny how much we surprisingly struggled talking about pursuing God. Um, it's like as we were digging into it, it's like we realized just how big 
of a, of a piece of this. And any like sort of analogy you try to give or any, anything that tries to give a picture, it just it falls short. Uh, but I do think and I do believe that us working through this, you know, it's and when we actually grow, like working through the difficulty, working through the hardship, working through the, uh, I don't know, this is weird space of like, what does this even mean to seek after God is when we, we learn more, when we actually dig into that and work into it. Um, I was looking at my notes last night and I, I just kept thinking of this phrase, stay hungry. Not, not like, I know you guys are hungry for lunch. Don't think about lunch. But like, stay hungry for God, right? Keep wanting to know more of God. I think, you know, there's a lot of us today that have lost that so in, so-called hunger, right? We've lost that actual hunger to know God or learn more about him. We've lost the passion of actually seeking God. Um, and I think it's in those moments when we're in those spaces where we're kind of like this, in this weird, like, oh, I don't really care that we have to tell ourselves, stay hungry, you know, keep pursuing, stay in it. Um, I had a buddy that got into a really bad motorcycle accident years ago, almost to the point of, like, dying. And I, I remember he was telling a story, and he was actually sharing in his church, where early on when he was recovering, he did not want to eat. Like, the last thing he wanted, he had no appetite. Food was, was almost, like, gross to him. And the doctor's like, you are going to die if you don't eat. Like, you, you have to eat. And he used this analogy of, like, even spiritually. He's like, there's so many of us that are just spiritually malnourished. And we haven't been eating, and we don't want to eat. And it sounds almost bad to eat. Maybe you're like that with church. Like, I just don't want to go to church. I know it's supposedly good for me. I just don't want to go. And you're in this phase where you're like, you're not really seeking. You're not, and you're not getting nourished. Like there's no nourishment coming in. And I think so many of us are like that. It's like the last thing we want to do is really dig into like, oh, it just feels so big. God, man, I don't, I don't know. Like why is there hurting people in the world? Why would a God let that happen? You got all these big questions, and the last thing you want to do is like seek after God. The last thing I want to do is go to church. I'm tired. I don't want to get up. But yeah, well, I'm telling you, like, the, the idea that keeping with that, knowing that this is good, believing that there's goodness in that, and I think that we need to know that we need it. And that's the same thing with him. He, he knew that he needed it. He didn't want it. He didn't want to do it at all, but he knew he needed it. And I think a lot of us have forgotten how much we truly need to seek God. I want to pull up our press diagram. We've been using this through the whole series uh, and working through our vision statement, our mission statement, our values, and some of the things that we do. And so we've worked through, the last couple of weeks, we worked through communing with each other. We worked through influencing unbelievers. And then this week, obviously, pursuing Christ. Um, I would argue that outside of this pursuing Christ, like void of this peace, all the others lose purpose and clarity. Right? As, as soon as you take this piece out, it's like, well, why are we getting together? It's like just a selfish thing. Well, I like getting together with people. There's, there's no intentionality, right? Why, why would we be influencing unbelievers? <laughs> What's the point of that? To get people to act like you, right? Just, well, I want them to follow the same moral code as me. Like, what's the point of it? Like, this, this is a big piece of why we do what we do. And, and if we're not pursuing God, if we're not pursuing Christ, then how— how are we influenced in these other areas? And so it's super important for us to pursue Christ, making that a piece of, of our lives. Um, with, this, with this diagram, obviously in the center, we have our vision statement. 
All this is pointing to we want to make a difference in this community by helping people embrace our identity in Christ. And, and, and everything plays together. Not one piece is siloed. They all interact with each other, and especially with this in pursuing God. It interacts with everything that we're trying to do. Uh, I do want to remind us, there's a, a statement that we used at the beginning of the series, and this has been kind of, a, kind of a goal of ours, and it's this. It's that we will aim to lead with grace in everything that we do here at Press. We want to lead with grace. Working through these things is, is hard. Community, when you're in community with people, there's people I don't like right? There's people that you don't like. Some of you are like, I don't know if I like you yet. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not here for you, Sean. I actually, I like some of those people. Like, I put up with you, right? Like, leading with grace is so important because we're all flawed. We're, we all have our issues, and we're really good about finding the other people's issues too, right? It's like, oh my gosh, have you seen that the way that they do? You know, we, we're silly. We're silly like that. But it's true. Like, anytime you get a bunch of people together, like, you're, you're getting into territory where you're either going to get let down or hurt or some other thing. And so many of us have put up boundaries because of that, and we've really blocked off people. And I think this is why it's so important as a church that we lead with grace. And it's the same thing when we get into pursuing God. I think this is a really important, uh, the, the leading with grace plays such an important role in us pursuing God. Because there's a tendency when you pursue God to get a little big in the head. Oh, well, I was reading this verse last week, and let me tell you what it means for your life, right? We're really good about kind of building up our own stock if we've been digging into the Word. And how are we leading in grace with that? How are we understanding? There's people that are different places than you, and maybe you're not as high as you think you are. It's funny that that's the case, that so many, there's, there's Christians out there who are supposedly the mature Christians, and they lead with, with pride and arrogance. And it's so funny, because that seems so counterintuitive to what we see Jesus leading with. He wasn't leading that way. Yet, why is it that when we start to learn more, now all of a sudden we are the, the righteous people, right? We're the good people. And heaven forbid, I, I know no one here at Press is like that, obviously. But that's the stereotype that people think of with church people, with Christians. Self-righteous, arrogant, know-it-alls. So how do we, as, as we pursue God, how do we lead with grace? To our fellow believers, to people who are in life groups with us, to people that we're serving with on Sundays, to our families, to our coworkers. How do we lead with grace? Thinking of pursuing God, I, my mind goes to, to David. Because I've read about David. Uh, he comes to mind when I think about someone who pursues God. We see so many psalms of David conveying this, this idea of seeking after God, pursuing, striving after God. And, and Scripture tells us David was a man after God's own heart. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of interesting or kind of good to see, like, what is David saying? What does his pursuit look like? How does he strive? And so together, I wanted to read Psalm 63 together today. I don't know if you have read this before. But as we read this, think about how, how this compares to your pursuit of God. Say it like that. So let's read together. <clears throat> oh God, you are my God. I long for you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. Yes, in the sanctuary I've seen you and witnessed your power and splendor. 
Because experiencing your loyal love is better than life itself, my lips will praise you. For this reason, I will praise you while I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. As with choice meat, you satisfy my soul. My mouth joyfully praises you. Whenever I remember you on my bed and think about you during the nighttime hours, for you are my deliverer. Under your wings I rejoice. My soul pursues you. Your right hand upholds me. Enemies seek to destroy my life, but they will descend into the depths of the earth. Each one will be handed over to the sword. Their corpses will be eaten by jackals, but the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who takes oaths in his name will boast, for the mouths of those who speak lies will be shut up. It's a little obvious here reading this that David talks a little different than us, right? (laughs) But if there's one thing that you get from this, after reading this thing, there's one thing that stands out. It's that David is truly seeking after God. He's truly seeking after God. And you can tell there's a lot going on, right? If, if, you're, if you're unaware, he, he's in a place during this where he's, he's in the wilderness, and he's running from his son who's trying to kill him. Who's been in that situation? <laughs> I'm in the wilderness, and I'm, someone's after my son is trying to kill me. You could say he's got a lot going on in his mind, right? <laughs> And yet, here he is. He's, he's, not, he's not focusing nearly as much on that circumstance. He's focusing on God, on pursuing God, on seeking him. Where was his focus? His focus was on God, on his presence, on where he was, on those, those truths of who, who he knows God to be. I, I think most of us would be like, God, I need food. I need, like, shelter. I need you to take care of this. And he was like, I rejoice in God. I seek your presence. I think verse 5, verse 5 hits home, right? As with choice meats, you satisfy my soul. Got any meat lovers in here? Sorry for all the vegetarians or vegans among us. As with choice meats. I, you know, it's funny. We laugh about this, but I think it's a great picture. When you, when you think about satisfaction, what are the things that you take satisfaction in? Food is definitely, I mean, I like food. You think about that? Oh, man, a good steak. Mmm, sounds good. If you're not a steak person, I don't know, whatever. I was thinking about this. You, you know, I, I, I get on these little tangents. Uh, anybody like, like sliced meats, like some nice Italian sliced meats? Oh, like a nice charcuterie board with some meats. Oh, man, satisfaction right there. But as much as we, as much as we smile and joke about that, like how, how often do we actually like find satisfaction like that in God? It almost sounds trite, right? Like, oh, you're comparing God to meats. My satisfaction to God with meats. But, but yet, how many of us truly are satisfied in God and who he is? And I can't help but think about this. It, do I feel this kind of satisfaction in God? In my life right now, do I feel satisfaction? I'm not in the wilderness. I'm not being chased by my son to, kill, being, to try and kill me. I've got things I can complain about, right? But am I finding satisfaction? When I'm at the worst place, feeling the most pressure, am I finding satisfaction? 
And if I don't, is it because of God or is it because I'm not looking or not seeking? In Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, many of you know this verse, says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. When it comes to this verse, we tend to focus on the wrong things. We like to focus on the results of this verse, right? I'm going to get something. It's going to be given to me. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. The door is going to be open for me, right? And yet we forget the first part. Ask. Seek. Knock. We want the stuff. Are we putting in the front-hand work? Asking implies ability. I don't ask my four-year-old to mow my yard. He can barely reach. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to turn on the mower. Why would I ask him to do something that I know he can't do? And whether you ask something, you know, just for the heck of it or whatever, usually when we ask, it implies that we think the person we're asking can do it, can follow through. The act of asking something of God, even if it's selfish or naive, still places some level of respect or ability in God. And many of us are asking out of selfishness or naivety, but it still at least is focusing on the fact that I believe God can do something. Seeking. Seeking shows a desire to find something. You don't seek after something that you don't care about. Why would you look for it if you don't care for it? And then knocking. How many of us go up to a door and just stand there? Right? You knock if you want to be with somebody. You knock if you want to be in their presence. Again, it would be dumb, like, walk up to somebody's door and just stand there. Like, like they're not going to open the door. They might, like, accidentally catch you through the window, like, why, is, why are they standing at my front door? That's kind of weird. Don't open it, right? <laughs> That's a sign. Don't open. They didn't knock. This isn't just a code to get what we want, Right? This isn't just like, oh, well, I want to get something, so I'm going to ask, or I'm going to, so I'll seek and not. No, it's not like that. But it's basic, somewhat basic knowledge, right? Or basic logic. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't look, you're not going to find. And if you don't knock, you're going to be standing at the door for a while. Each one of these actions implies something that's happening within. There's something that's happening within when you follow through with these actions. And it implies that you care and that you believe that God is there. You believe that God is in your life. So I want to remind us, or as we talk through this, I'll remember this, this, this point. It's not about finding a God that is hiding from you, but being reminded of his continual presence in your life. When we talk about seeking God, pursuing God, there's this idea that's like, God's like hiding from you. <laughs> like, oh, you missed him. He was over there. You missed him. God's not hiding from you. He wants you to seek after him. He wants you to ask of him. He wants you to seek. He wants you to knock. He wants you to be going and pursuing after him. 
It's not just this idea of him, you know, oh, well, let's see if I can hide myself for a while. So they try even harder. God's there. And what's crazy is God's actually seeking after us. He's seeking after you. And so many of us are blind to it. We're blind to him actually reaching out to us. So when we get into pursuing God, and as, you know, throughout this series, we've gone into the values of each of these uh, pieces. And so I'm going to pull up the press diagram one more time and look through some of the values of pursuing God. And the two values we have under this are discipleship and growth. And these are hand in hand and play, they play hand in hand together. Discipleship is just this. Discipleship is the process of someone becoming like Christ. It's, it's that process of you becoming like Christ. We value this process. And, and we know, here's, here's what we know about this. This journey may look different for different people. Your journey is not going to look exactly like my journey. And same, I mean, we got, for everyone watching in here, we got plenty of different journeys. And what we like to do is we like to have like that one nice, neat way of, this is discipleship, this is what it's supposed to look like. You go through this, and you're good. And it's not that neat and clean. And what we tend to do is we tend to judge other people based on their journey and based on where they're at. Oh, well, you're, you follow Jesus and you're not here yet? Again, aim to lead with grace. This process of discipleship, we are all trying to become more like Christ. That is, that is what discipleship is. We are going to push you, encourage you, try to give you the tools to grow in your faith in Christ and to be like Christ. And, and no matter where you find yourself today, your journey is not over. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Your journey is not over. You have not reached the pinnacle of your discipleship in Christ. Until you, your days here on earth are done, you are on that journey. You, are on, you, you will never stop. And if you think you've arrived, you might want to check yourself. We will never fully arrive, and it's that pursuit. And I think that's why this is so hard, because we like the get it done. I, tell me how to do it. I'm going to get it done. Check that off. I'm good. And a lot of times we'll do that. We'll just stagnate. We'll be like, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty nice to people. I've, I read the Bible every once in a while. I pray. And we just stay there. Where's the, where's the push? Where's the striving? You're not done. And that goes to my second value piece is growth. We value growth, transformational growth, internal growth. How are you different this year than you were last year in your faith? Learning more about the Bible isn't necessarily the main point. There's a lot of scholars who know a lot about the Bible. They can spit specs and tell you all the historical things and stuff about the narratives and the regions and all the different stuff, and it doesn't change them. They still don't know Jesus. They're not being transformed into his likeness. And that's something here at Press that we actually value. I value you growing in your faith, that, that your faith is actually changing you. And I want the same thing for me. I want to be able to say, you know, how is God growing me and changing me? How is the pursuit forming me into the likeness of Christ. And here's the thing. You, if you want, you, you want to measure 
where you're at? On, we want to have a litmus test? Well, here, here's what Jesus says. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, keep my commands. So if, if you're growing in your pursuit of Christ and you're growing, keep his commands. Well, what is his commands? Well, in Matthew 37, uh, uh, that's wrong. Matthew, oh, I didn't put the chapter in there. What chapter is that? Jason, help me out. Is it 23? Anyways, he says, basically, concluding to the commands, love God, love others. Love God, love others. It's in Matthew. You can look, you can look it up, sorry. Google it. It'll tell you. Keep my commands. What are his commands? Well, they can be summed up like this. Love God, love others. How well are you loving God? How well are you loving others? You want to talk about how much you know, how well are you loving your spouse? How well are you loving your friends, your kids, your neighbors? That neighbor that's so annoying, they don't mow their yard, and you're like, why do they do that? They put weird gnomes out in their yard or something. And it's like, how well are you loving those people? If you have a gnome, I'm sorry. <clears throat> that's fine. I don't judge. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. You, you want to have a litmus test for how you're growing? You want to have a litmus test for, like, your knowledge of God? How well are you? You want to have a litmus test for, like, your loving other people? Growth. We value you being made into the likeness of Christ. And so if you're just coming here and, I don't know, you like the music, you like hearing me talk for some reason with all my shenanigans, if you aren't growing in your relationship with God, I think that's a problem. If I'm not growing in my relationship with God, that's a problem. If I'm not pursuing God and seeking to know him more and, and, and having that actually transform me from the inside out, that's a problem. And so we can come and get together and join and be together and laugh and have fun and all these things. And if we're not, if we're not growing, it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point? Pursue God. In John 15, verse 8, it says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What fruit are you bearing? What is the result of you following Christ? What does that fruit look like? I think it's good for us to, to ask those questions. My salvation is not in my fruit, right? We are not saved by our works. Let's get that straight. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But now what happens when you've put your faith in Jesus Christ? Well, if you love me, as he says, you keep my commands. Are you growing in keeping in his commands? And again, all this through the lens of leading with grace. Some of us are harder on ourselves than we are with other people. Or some of us are just really hard on ourselves and hard on other people too. Are you leading yourself with grace? And looking to God to give you the strength to pursue him, to seek him. I want to end with this. I want to put the diagram back up. 
we can talk through all this. Some, some people, it's like it's good to have a graphic to visualize certain things. These are the things we care about as a church. We want to pursue God together. And we want you to do that as well. We want to commune. We want to be in community. We care about community and being together. We want to influence people towards Jesus. This is all great. We can talk about this. It's all good. But until we actually, like, embrace this and do it, it's like, it's just lip service. How are we being intentional in our lives? When you leave here, where does your mind go? Is it on the coming week, the work that you have to get done? Are you including God in what you're doing? We want to make a difference in this community by helping people embrace their identity in Christ. We want you to embrace your identity in Christ. We want you to know who you are because of what he has done. And we want to do good things. There should be more people here. We want to grow. When we talk about growth, it's not just transformationally. We, we want to grow numerically. How are we going to make a difference if we don't have more people here? Who, who are you talking to during the week? Who are you influencing during the week? What places of influence do you have? How are you praying about your involvement here at the church? There's people here that you come on Sundays and leave and you've, you don't volunteer. That's not a judgment thing. That's saying like, maybe God's calling you to, to do something. Maybe God wants something of you. Maybe you have a skill or an ability that would be good for, for growing the kingdom of God. Let's be intentional. Let's not just play church. Like, this is a big deal to me. Obviously, I started a church. It's a big deal to me. I care about it. And there's a ton of people who are just spiritually dead in this community, all over the state. Spiritually dead. There's some of us here today that are spiritually dead. What are we doing? Are you seeking God? If you only knew, like, I think if we only knew the, the pains and the struggles, even in this room, and then you just multiply that, the people in this community, people need Jesus. People need a community of people that are willing to lead with grace and love them and show them the love of Christ. We can do that. I need you guys to help me do it. But it takes all of us to make a difference. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your goodness in our lives, for your grace in our lives, God, I, I pray a blessing over this church, over the people of this church, whether here, in person, or watching online, where, wherever it is, God. God, we need you. And God, we do want to make a difference. We don't just say that because it sounds good. We want to make a difference. And God, I pray that you would give each of us the strength to represent you in our, in our, in our families, in our work, in our jobs, whatever, wherever we're at, God, that we would represent you well.
God, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us, give us the words, the strength. And God, I pray that each of us would be pursuing you, would be seeking after you. God, I thank you for all that you're doing, for who you are, for this time together. I pray that you would be honored in all of it. It's your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand and join us.